I want to stick very close to my notes tonight because I want to spend most of our time that would normally be reserved for the preaching in prayer. But if we're going to pray about revival, and if we're going to anticipate revival, then we need to know what revival is not. I think there are a lot of false expectations out there. We're looking in the wrong direction, expecting the wrong thing. We may miss what God has for us. We need to know what revival is, what it looks like, and how to pray. And so we're going to go through those four main points tonight. And when we get to what revival is, we're going to be looking at Romans 13, verses 11 to 14. Now, let me ask you some questions, and these are just respond verbally as a group. Is the presence of God here right now? Yes or no? Yes. Do we need to ask the Holy Spirit to come here tonight? No. No. Why? The Holy Spirit already indwells us, right? Do we need revival? Yes. Yes. Let me ask you this. Is revival supposed to be a temporary thing or a permanent thing? Aha, there was a little bit more hesitation there, wasn't there? And that's why I want to hit this tonight. Let me ask you this question a different way. I think it's a very similar question that will have a much more confident answer. When God brings something to your attention and begins to do a work of transformation into the image of Christ, does he expect that to keep on going through the rest of your life, yes or no? So is revival something that ought to go on continually throughout our lives? Yes. So then we say, well, then why do we need revival again? I'm glad you asked. Well, here's what revival is not. Let me run through these very quickly. Revival is not a mass experience. It is not that somehow mysteriously the presence of God comes here and the Spirit of God does this thing that we all kind of experience in this very general nebulous way and then it just kind of stays for a while and then maybe moves on. Okay, so it's not a mass experience. It is not an intensified sense of the presence of God. That is, again, in a massive way. Okay, now hold on. Don't jump ahead of me. (laughs) And don't start arguing with me in your mind already until you hear me out. Okay, it is not merely an emotional stirring that temporarily makes me feel closer to God. A lot of times, Christians in independent Baptist churches like this one are, are, are looking for that. Okay? And it is not nebulous, it is not vague, it is not temporal, and it is not generic. So what is revival? Again, the passage we're looking at tonight, this, this is only a comprehensive overview. This is not an exhaustive Uh, this is not an an exhaustive message on the entire uh, idea or or principles of revival that we find in the scripture. So please understand that, all right? And this is a a much more narrowed focus that God's just laid on my heart as far as revival for us this particular time. But look with me in in Romans chapter 13, verse 11. Romans chapter 13, verse 11. And that knowing the time, That now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk honestly as in the day. Not in rioting and drunkenness. Not in chambering and wantonness. Not in strife and envying. But put ye on the Lord Jesus Christ and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lusts thereof. Here's what revival is. Revival is a personal response by a born-again believer to the working of God's Holy Spirit. Revival 
is an awakening out of spiritual lethargy to spiritual alertness and sensitivity to the Holy Spirit of God as he administers the truth of the scriptures in specific personal application. It is high time to awake out of sleep. When you awake, you come back to a state of awareness or alertness, right? When you're asleep. Now, for some of us who are heavy sleepers, uh, you know, a tornado could pass right by and as long as it doesn't take the roof off, we probably will sleep right through it and not even notice anything happened, right? We're not, other people are very light sleepers and, you know, a mouse skitters across the floor and they can hear it and they wake right up, Right? But you're not as aware and alert to the details of life going on around you when you're asleep as when you're awake. And so it is a coming back to a, it is a spiritual awakening in the sense of as a believer. Because you cannot wake something that, somebody that's dead. You can't go to the funeral home to a corpse in the casket and try to wake it up. Okay, there's no life. You can't wake it up. But you can't wake up a person usually who's alive. And that's what revival is. Someone who is spiritually alive because of their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. They've received eternal life. They've made a new creation. They're now alive to God. They have a living relationship with him. They have the gift of eternal life. They have the Holy Spirit who indwells them. They have a new nature and a new understanding. They have a personal fellowship and walk with God. But all of us have things in our life in which apathy and lethargy... And the ebb and flow of life have caused us to become insensitive to or or, or we have ignored it or we have put it aside or we have excused it away little by little until we are developing a little bit of a callus around our heart to where we're not quite as sensitive. And so revival is a renewal of the sensitivity and a personal response the ministry of the Holy Spirit in my life as he makes personal, specific application. Because as we went back to what I said earlier, revival is not a nebulous, generic, general kind of thing. And I think sometimes we, we pray for revival in that way. And we miss praying as specifically as we ought because we're mispraying. Continuing on, it is a renewal of the spiritual urgency of the season and hour in which we live. It is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believe. Folks, the day when Christ comes back in the rapture is closer today than it was yesterday. The day of my physical death is closer today than it was yesterday. And if I live through the night, tomorrow I'll be closer to death than I was today. We are living in in a very important era When you just think about what's happened in our country in the last two or three years, and you begin to see some of the spiritual movements and things that are taking place around us, and you see spiritual battles, and you see the forces of darkness becoming more and more aggressive on the public scene in many different venues, you realize that we live in a very important moment of time. And we are in a strategic place, in a strategic time, and there is a sense we need to have a renewed sense of the urgency of the hour. And we need revival sometimes to renew that sense of urgency in our our hearts because we've grown apathetic and lethargic, because we've been lulled to sleep by the rhythms of life. It is a call to cast off the indulgence of tolerating sin. Let us cast off the works of darkness. 
Paul here mentions some things in, in Romans 13. He said, let's cast off the works of darkness. He says in verse 13, not in rioting and drunkenness, not in chambering and wantonness, not in strife and envying. I'm not going to, again, just for sake of time, I'm not going to go through those, but you can study that out. And the idea is it's a call to cast off the indulgence of tolerating sin. Whether it is a sin of things I'm doing that displease God, that God forbids, or it is a sin of displeasing God and not doing the things that God commands, both are sin. And it's time to cast off the indulgence of tolerating any sin. How much tolerance do you think God has for sin? Zero. And what kind of tolerance for sin do you think God expects us to have? Zero. But do we, don't answer this out loud, <laughs> but do you have that? Oh, we often have that in others. Very rarely do we have that in ourselves. It is a call to take up the armor of light to fight against the kingdom of darkness through the proclamation of the gospel. Let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. I love the word picture Paul uses there. And then it is a call to put on the character of the Lord Jesus Christ as revealed in his word. Put you on the Lord Jesus Christ. And then the last verse there. In verse 14, and make not provision for the flesh to fulfill the lust thereof. It is a call to take severe preventative action against all sin. That's what revival is. Now, what does revival look like? If revival hits you in the face, would you recognize it? If revival, if God begins to work revival, and remember, it is not a mass thing. Now, many of us, and I pray that many of us will respond to the Spirit of God and have a renewed sensitivity to the Spirit of God and to the teaching of the Word of God as He makes specific application in our lives that begins to transform us from the inside out. In areas of our life which we have ignored, we've become callous to, we've become lethargic to, we've been spiritually asleep, we need to become spiritually awake. And not only to our own selves, but then to the spiritual needs of our brothers and sisters in Christ around us. If Galatians chapter 6, where Paul says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore such one. If that sounds foreign to you, then you need revival. Because you say, well, I'm not the spiritual FBI. I'm not the spiritual police going around spying on everybody and calling them out on every little sin. That's not my job. No, that's right. But you know what? When you have a greater sense of, uh, of sensitivity to the Spirit of God and the Word of God, and God is doing a work in your life, there's going to be a renewed love for God. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about praying for. And a renewed compassion for others and a renewed burden and love for your brothers and sisters in Christ. And you're going to pick up on things that you need to lovingly confront. And as God works revival in your life, one of the things that looks like awesome, we'll talk about this in a minute, is a contrite, approachable, humble spirit. And so you'll be welcoming that. And there will be created among believers that are allowing God to work revival in their life, a mutual support system by being willing to listen when confronted and a willingness to confront because God is making us alert to those things. So what does revival over sin look like? Brokenness over sin. Revival looks like brokenness over sin and renewed hatred against it. The psalmist said, "Ye that love the Lord hate evil. I think that's part of our problem sometimes is that we don't hate evil enough or we're too selective in what evil we hate. 
Revival looks like confession of sin to God, which is specific and in full agreement with God's spirit and God's word. It is confession to and seeking the forgiveness of those whom we have sinned with, against, or in their presence. Because Jesus said in Matthew 5 that if you have you come to offer a gift at the altar and you remember that your brother has ought against you. So here's how I apply that. If your brother has ought against you, he has reason, legitimate reason to think against you. Either means you sinned with them, against them, or in front of them. Leave your gift at the altar. Did you hear what, what Christ said? Interrupt your worship and offering the gift. Go be reconciled to your brother and then come and offer the gift. God's serious about us being right with each other. By the way, we are not right with God if we don't get right with each other. When the Spirit of God reveals, you need to make it right with that person. Because sometimes we'll only go so far because we know the Lord will forgive us. We know He's gracious and kind and merciful. We're not so sure about that other person. Right? Or how much they may hold it over our head. Because we know that the Lord, when He deals with something, He forgives us. Right? But we're not so sure about other people. But you know what? As God begins to work in our hearts, that concern begins to go away. And we realize, look, if I'm going to be right with God, I must be right with others. God demands that of me. That's his requirement in my life. And so I make things right with others. Revival looks like a renewed and insatiable appetite for the word of God. Revival looks like a growing, consistent prayer life. It looks like a compassionate, bold vigilance to spread the gospel. It looks like a contrite, teachable spirit. It looks like a consistent pursuit of spiritual growth in the areas addressed by the Holy Spirit through his ministry of the word of God. And it looks like a willingness to serve God however he chooses. That's what revival looks like. Going back to its consistent pursuit of spiritual growth in the areas addressed by the Holy Spirit, this is why when God begins to work in an area of our lives of revival and we get a renewed understanding, hey, listen, I've been ignoring that, I've been minimizing that, or, or for whatever reason I was not alert to that because I've not really been walking in the Spirit and in the Word of God as I ought to, and I come to that awareness, then there's going to be a continual revival, renewal of truth in my life in that area. And then as I'm growing in that area, though that never ends, God says, now, his Holy Spirit will say, well, now, how about this over here? And so there's another thing that God brings to my attention to that which I had not been uh, alerted to, aware of, or had been ignoring. By the way, you know what gets us in trouble so much is not what we don't know is wrong, as it is what we do know is wrong, but we are ignoring it, excusing it. We need to deal with what we know. You know, in 1 John 1, 9, isn't it great? The Bible says if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. You know, in order to be right with God, all you got to do is specifically agree and say the same thing about your sin, your disobedience, that God is saying through his Holy Spirit by his word to you. And then you are in fellowship with him and you're right with him. And then he'll bring the next thing to your attention. Through the ministry of the Holy Spirit, always according to the word of God. So what do we pray for when we are praying for revival? And before I get to this, let me explain how the prayer time is going to work. I'm just going to encourage us in a minute, once I work through these things, what do we pray for? I'm going to just open it in a brief word of prayer. And then I want for us over the next few minutes just to pray individually. Not to pray as families, not to pray as couples, not to pray as groups at first, all right? 
And after about three or four minutes of that, then I'll say, all right, get together and pray. You can pray as families. You can pray in groups. Jesus said, where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in their midst. So if you're here by yourself tonight, find a couple more people so that you can have two or three together in a group and then pray together. At the end of that time, then I'll call us all back together and then we'll take up our widow's uh, fellowship offering and then we will vote on our missions committee proposal. So let me give you some suggestions. And again, this is not an exhaustive list, but let me give you a great place to start and some things to pray for tonight. Here's the first one. And this is, this is in, in time of personal prayer. It can also be in group prayer. But invite the Holy Spirit to so remind you of the Father's love for you that you renew your pursuit of loving him with all you are and all you have in a way that transcends everything else in your life. Next. Pray for spiritual preparation for Rich Tozier. He's going to be our evangelist who's coming in. That he will be a vessel fit for the master's use. Pray for guidance for Rich Tozier to preach the exact scriptural truths that we need. And pray for the complete equipping of Brother Rich Tozier for preaching and personal ministry while he's with us. Again, evangelist doesn't bring revival with him and he doesn't take it with him when he leaves. But we are having these revival meetings and this is a very appropriate time for us to focus our hearts again towards asking God to do a work of transformation in our own hearts and to focus on that. That's why I, I really want to do all I can to get all of you men to our men's retreat. If it's at all possible for you to be there on that Friday night and that Saturday, we're going to have a focus time where we come away from distractions. We come together as men. And we have two preaching sessions on Friday night. We have fellowship. We have games. We have great food. We have a wonderful time. But we have two sessions of preaching on Friday night and two on Saturday morning. There's also a time where we get together and we pray. And there's also a time when we share testimonies. It is a tremendous time. And it is a concentrated spiritual focus of men. And guys, if there's going to be a revival in our homes, it starts with us dads and husbands. If we're going to have a revival in our church, it starts with those of us men that God have called to be spiritual leaders. And so we're going to start by praying also for God to work revival in us, us men, in the men's retreat. But also I want you to pray for God to do a work in your pastors, in your deacons, and then the men at the men's retreat. Because leadership, in order to lead, has to be right with God. So you need to be praying for us, your pastors. You need to be praying for your deacons that God will do a work of revival. And again, it is a specific work that the Spirit of God does. But it reminds me of the verse in Revelation chapter 3 and verse 20 where Jesus said, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Do you realize that's not an evangelistic verse? He's not talking about knocking on the heart of an unbeliever wanting to come in to that person's heart and save them. That's not the context. The context is it's written to one of the seven churches. And Jesus is dictating this to the apostle John to write to these churches. And he's saying to believers, Behold, I stand at the door and I am knocking. If any man hears my voice and will open the door... Christians, I will come into him and sup with him. What sup mean? It means to eat together, to share a meal. It's signifying fellowship. I will sup with him and he with me. You have to be willing to open the door. Do you want to draw closer to God? Do you want him to draw closer to you? James, right, draw nigh to God and he will draw nigh to you. 
But remember, in that same passage, just a couple verses before, in James 4, 6, the Bible says that God resists the proud, but he gives grace unto the humble. So, let me reiterate. What do we pray for? We're praying for revival. We're praying for rich tozier. We're inviting the Holy Spirit to remind us of the Father's love in such a way that we pursue, again, loving him with all we are and all we have to the extent that it supersedes everything else in our lives. Praying for God to revive your pastors, deacons, and the men at the men's retreat. Here's some other invitation prayers. Invite the Holy Spirit to confront you, committing to have a humble, contrite, obedient response. Invite the Holy Spirit to teach you how to apply the biblical truth with which he confronts you. And invite the Holy Spirit to teach you how to love the brethren. Invite the Holy Spirit to teach you how to have compassion for unbelievers and to give you boldness to share the gospel. Last one. Ask Jesus, Lord, what would thou have me to do? Let's pray. I'll start us off. And then after I pray, just remain seated with your heads bowed and just spend some time in individual prayer for about the next four minutes. And then I'll say, all right, let's break up into groups. If you want to pray together as a family, that's fine. Groups of two or three, that's fine. Let's keep them to smaller groups. We'll pray uh, for a few minutes. And then um, I will come back up and we'll conclude the rest of our evening. Let's pray and then please spend some time in individual prayer before the Lord. Father, it is my desire that through our just reviewing some of these simple truths about what revival is, what it looks like, that your Holy Spirit would be specifically confronting us in our hearts and minds according to the word of God in love working in our lives. May we heed the commands in Scripture to not grieve the Holy Spirit, nor to quench the Holy Spirit. And whenever we deflect the ministry of the Word of God as the Holy Spirit is speaking us, when we excuse it away, when we minimize our sin, when we think of somebody else that needs this message more than we need it, we are grieving and quenching your Spirit. Instead, may we invite your Holy Spirit through the ministry of the word of God to transform our lives as we would draw near to you. And Father, my desire is that this prayer meeting tonight will initiate families praying for spiritual needs, couples praying together, families praying together, Sunday school classes praying together, that we would urgently and diligently seek your face and be ready and willing to accept whatever ministry and whatever truth you confront us with and to be changed. And then, Lord, to use us however you would see fit. And so, Lord, I pray that you would do a mighty work and a lasting work. Oh, Lord, we know that sometimes when there is revival, that there are people that just merely respond outwardly. But true revival is that which takes place in the heart and then transforms the life. And Lord, that's what we're after. And so now as we individually pray and invite your Holy Spirit to do this ministry work in our lives, as your Holy Spirit would even reveal to us anything tonight that we need to get right with you or with others, may we have a humble, contrite, obedient, responsive attitude. And may we follow up on that work which you are doing in our lives. Our heads are bowed over the next 
few minutes, would you just pray by yourself for God to do a work in your life?